The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Webmaster Radio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, a little uh, something I was reading uh, from the Wall Street Journal online, and I think it's particularly interesting considering that we're right before the Thanksgiving holiday. But Walt Disney is trying to influence mom purchases. That's a big shocker, I'm sure, uh, considering that everything that Walt, the Walt Disney Company is impacting mom and parents. But they've decided to buy mom blogs, and they want to integrate content. Again, this comes from the Wall Street Journal article by Erica Ordeen. And really, they've gone out and they've purchased a five-year-old site um, called Babbel Media, and they carry 200 bloggers on Babbel, including a few celebrity moms like Samantha Bee of The Daily Show. Now, allegedly, they bought it for between $40 million and $45 million. Isn't that surprising? Don't you want to go out and, and create a uh, blogger network all your own and sell it to Disney? I know I do. Well, apparently, the way they see this working is if a blogger writes a post, for example, uh, in the article they talked about a Thanksgiving-related post on how to prepare an organic turkey, then Babbel's editors could include links to Disney's content about, you know, perhaps festive table settings. So that's how they kind of see the linking back to Disney products. Now, according to Brooke Chafin, she's Disney's Interactive Media Group Senior VP of Moms and Family, she says, you know what, the deal wasn't conducted simply to create additional opportunities for product placement, but I can guarantee you it doesn't hurt. And also, uh, you may have re- uh, be aware of this, but Disney has launched a line of infant and newborn clothes, and I'm sure they are interested in driving attention to that through Babbel. Now, Babbel's not their first foray into interactive media. They've spent $18 million on Caboose. Uh, that was back in 2009. And they've also acquired iParenting Media. That was back in 2007. So really interesting. Keep your eye out on what Walt Disney is doing in the blogger space. Well, I know one group that's going to be keeping their eyes out. It's our purse profile today, the Reasonable Luxury Mom. This is a mom aged around 35 to 45, children ages 11 or below in the household, making more than 250k as a household income and staying at home full-time. More than a million of those moms. Um, you know what? She's always struggling with uh, how to supplement her lifestyle with luxury items at the same time being true to being a mom. She's looking for big brands out there 
Uh, she does struggle with how to spend against household, cars, vacation, all of those things. She sees shopping as an escape, and she really loves to go at retail. She's more of a retail shopper, not an online shopper. Um, and you know what? She's saying her kids really do impact the brands that she ends up purchasing, which is not a huge surprise. Um, and home, she puts a lot of attention toward her home. She loves to shop for her brands. She has her favorite brands, and she's always shopping for those brands first. So what are those brands? Well, she loves when it comes to makeup, L'Oreal and MAC and Clinique. She loves Victoria's Secret and Chanel. She's shopping at Gap, J. Crew, Victoria's Secret, Banana Republic, and Old Navy. Um, and she's driving a Volvo, Mazda, um, Honda, or an Audi. And when it comes to media, she's online at Blockbuster, Disney, Amazon. She's watching um, programs like Disney and Nickelodeon, of course, and magazines like Parenting and Parents, Shape, Real Simple Family Fun, and Vogue. Well, my guests today certainly know about moms. In fact, they wrote the book on it, Tuning Into Mom, is the latest book from Michael Clements and Terry Lucy Thompson. Michael is the principal at the Cambridge Group, and Terry Lucy Thompson is the chief marketing officer and vice president of marketing and media at Purdue University. Their book is fielded... Um, founded on a huge research project, and we'll be talking about what drives mom's purchase behavior. More when Purse Strings returns after the break. This webmasterradio.fm program is presented by AFCONEvents.com, A-F-F-C-O-N-Events.com. Dive deep into five days of digital marketing education and information at AFCON's inaugural Digital Marketers Cruise, March 17th to the 21st, 2012. Be a sponsor, exhibitor, or register today at AFCONEvents.com. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. First Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Think about it. You work so hard with your existing clients. How much time do you have every day to recruit more clients, expand your business, and add more value to your service? Let WebmasterRadio.fm do the work for you. We're the premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network with shows like SEO Rockstars, SEO 101, and SEM Synergy. We can tailor an ad campaign that includes 30 seconds every hour and a 30-minute special every month, plus the banner ads and links you need to reach our built-in audience and our legions of loyal listeners and podcasters. What you charge in hours for service is all it takes to get started on the fast lane to growing your business. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for consultation today. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, welcome back to Purse Strings. My guests today are the authors of a brand new book, Tuning Into Mom. Michael Clements is a principal at the Cambridge Group. She's provided growth strategy, positioning, innovation, and brand equity guidelines for B2B and B2C brands. And Terry Lucy Thompson is a CMO and Vice President of Marketing and Media at Purdue University. She is a pioneer in segmented marketing, receiving national recognition as an innovative marketer. She's been awarded the 2010 Stevie Award as Marketing Executive of the Year and has also been a finalist for the 2011 International Brand Master and 2011 CMO of the Year Awards. Welcome, ladies, to the program. Thank you. Well, congratulations on the book, Tuning Into Mom. Tell me how the book's been received so far. It's been exceptionally well received, uh, Maria, and we know that through sales. We know it through invitations that we received to speak at companies and conferences, and we also know through reviews. Um, We think it's a perspective that hasn't been offered in the marketplace previously, and because it has a strong blend of data and case studies and anecdotal information, we think it appeals to not only marketing professionals, but lay folks as well. You know, you did mention it was a perspective that just hadn't existed in the marketplace. Tell me what that perspective was that you thought that your book could fill. Well, the perspective is really a novel segmentation perspective within the mom's market. So there's been a lot of work done around cutting or dividing or segmenting the mom's market um, by age of mother, um, by generation of mother, uh, by mother's income, by ethnicity, by all the traditional ways of segmenting the mom's market. Excuse me, mom's market. But no one has really cut that market previously by the age of the child. So we felt there was an unmet need and an insight that we had uncovered through our research that enabled us to to meet this need in the marketplace. And it is large-scale research at that. Michael, if you could, share how you went about gathering all that insight for the book. Sure. We had four major sources. The largest um, quantitative study includes over 5,000 moms. This is research that the Marketing to Moms Coalition, which is a not-for-profit group, has sponsored, and each year we talked to over 1,200 moms since 2007 and identify the major topics that may be of interest, and that is called the State of the American Mom Study. You can easily find out more information on this study by looking at the Marketing to Moms Coalition website, and that is, op- that is open and available for free. In addition, we did due diligence review of existing research, qualitative interviews, mommy mind interviews, and then a lot of people also really seem to enjoy the case studies of brands that have been successful in uh, marketing to moms. Yes, and I definitely want to get to those case studies. But before we do that, I know you focus on the age of the eldest child and really 
the connection of mom and her ideas on a wide range of topics, so, but based on the age of that eldest child. Why is the age of that specific child so important in driving mom behavior? Well, I think you, um, you will know this from your own life experience, but we did actually look at 30 different approaches to segmenting mom, including just the age of the child rather than the age of the eldest child. As Terry mentioned, the age of the mom herself, her generational status, cultural background. And what we found quantitatively, uh, it is the most discriminating factor is the age of the oldest child. But the common sense reason, getting away from the statistics, (laughs) is that mom is a first-time mom at each point as she goes through her life events with her oldest child whether it's walking for the young baby to teenage driving, which is certainly a very meaningful event, to searching for college, first car. Mom is just more involved each time she moves through one of these experiences for the first time with her oldest child. And so that, we believe, is the reason why it is so discriminating. Well, it makes a ton of sense. I have two children, an 11-year-old and a and a seven-year-old, and I have to say, as that first-time mom with that 11-year-old, I've learned something every stage, frankly. As, as she's grown, I've grown as a parent. And, and your book even calls out the purchasing habits of, of us women as moms morph as well as, the, as that child grows. Talk, if you would, about the six different age categories your book explores when it comes to purchase preferences. Yes, exactly. Well, we do find that to your point, the mom's uh, purchase preferences for her child and also for herself do evolve through these six different age categories. So the first one is infant and toddler, and that's really up to two years old, and I think there's a great deal of attention paid to this segment of the market. The next is preschool, ages three to six. Then elementary young years is seven to nine. Tweens, which it sounds like your oldest, falls into that um, category as ages 10 to 12. Uh, teens, we look at ages 13 to 17, and then young adults, which is a fascinating area, goes from 18 to 29. And we do think it's going to be very interesting as this millennial generation even moves beyond ages 29. The, the, the oldest within the millennials are beyond 29 at this point, and they continue to have this close relationship with their mom, how the purchase influence continues even into their 30s, 40s, and beyond. Oh, I know. That is a fascinating point. I was just reading some data just the other day uh, from um, from Vibrant Nation. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. that. Or not. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating data that I'm going to be talking about in an upcoming episode of Purse Strings around how many moms actually still support their adult children's uh, cell phone habits, rent, things like that. So, yes, you're absolutely right. I do believe it's going to be fascinating to watch and see how long we support our children in that purchase behavior beyond age 29. Um, now, I know that there were some findings that were pretty surprising among the one we just talked about. I, find, I found that pretty surprising. Terry, what else was interesting to you and Michael as you looked through the data? Well, I think, one just to add to the conversation about the persistence of mom's influence into young adulthood, I think it's not only the child validating purchase decisions with mom, but it's also the comfort of the brands that mom has inculcated along the way during childhood development. So if mom buys GIF, the child is likely to buy GIF in young adulthood. So not only are they calling mom and saying, is this a car I should buy? Uh, Is this a cell phone plan I should be on? What do you think about this particular outfit? 
um, but they're also really continuing to adopt and use and purchase those brands that mom had used while they were younger. So that was one. Once you hear it, it seems very intuitive, but it was a surprise to us, the strength of that and the persistence of those brands into young adulthood. Another was the hot buttons, um, as we call them in the book, that emerge for moms along each category along the path of childhood development. So moms' hot buttons are those things that really um, trip her trigger change along the way. So in the category of education, clearly when the child is very young, the thing that she's most interested in is helping the child learn a lot of the rudimentary facts, uh, the ABCs, you know, learning how to count. Uh, But as the child ages, she becomes more interested in things like the child becoming socialized or the child being included with a network of of friends that will have the type of influence on the child that mom thinks is important for that child to have. And for each one of the categories that we touch on in the book, we identify different hot buttons and discuss how those hot buttons change along the way. And we found that um, surprising and really, really fascinating. You know, mom as brand endorser, if you will, is interesting, especially in this day and age of where I feel like so many women can be bought <laughs> to switch brands, you know, and, and, and there's been discussions about how deep our loyalties are today with brands. So I, I find it interesting that mom can act as a brand endorser for her child and that those those um, feelings, uh, positive feelings about brands get passed along. I thought I thought that was really surprising. Right, right. Now, you talked about case studies, um, about them being of interest in your book. You do share quite a number of them. What are some of the ones or maybe one or two that you think would be especially applicable to those listening today? Well, there are a couple. Um, One is in the technology area, and that is Apple. And thinking about the iPad and how the iPad was really initially rolled out for the business user, but it quickly became apparent that that was a tool that mom could use um, with the youngster as an educational tool. And so Apple has really helped market that as a tool that has a different application. And we have some interesting data about children as young as 18 months that are using the iPad. And, of course, mom has all sorts of apps on her phone. We see mom having an up to an average of six apps on her phone just for use by the child. So companies that can leverage that interest in technology from an educational perspective are definitely ahead of the curve And another place, uh, just a great example that we cover in the book is Sarah Lee, um, and we speak specifically about their soft and smooth bread. Um, In the mid-2000s, they had examined their portfolio of bread brands and found that really they needed to do an overhaul. And they found that there were particular groups of moms. They segmented their moms by a lot of labels. Um, And this group was called the Pleasing Balancers, who wanted their children to eat whole grain or whole wheat bread. But they also found that at the same time, many of the children did not like the taste and texture of whole grain bread. Uh, And it was very critical for the moms to pass along this nutrition They understood how important it was, and they wanted to require their children to eat this bread, Um, but it it was always a power struggle at the dinner table, right, trying to make a young child eat something that 
the child doesn't want to eat. So after a lot of research, Sara Lee leveraged a food technology to develop what they call the soft and smooth brand. That bread has the taste and texture of a traditional white bread, which is something that the kids love, but embedded in that is whole grain nutrition. And they did a lot of creative things um, through product launches and uh, what's something they called the Great Whole Grain Giveaway, which was really a national sampling program. They gave away over 2.5 million loaves of whole grain bread um, to really get people tasting the bread and engage mom in understanding that this is a product that can meet the quote-unquote mom needs for nutrition as well as help alleviate some of those power struggles around what the child should eat at the table. Brilliant move by Sarah Lee, um, really listening to what consumers, what moms wanted. Um, and we've all been there, haven't we, when we've had that power <laughs> struggle with a child to do what's in their best interest, even though they may want to go kicking and screaming. So I applaud Sarah Lee. We can use more of those kinds of innovative approaches out there with a lot of our products. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I do want to talk about key implications on marketers, and I think listening to your consumer is probably one of them. More when we return after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of Internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is admedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. 
WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I've been uh, talking with Michael Clements and Terry Lucy Thompson today. They're co-authors of the book, Tuning Into Mom. Michael is the principal at the Cambridge Group, and Terry Lucy is the chief marketing officer and vice president for marketing and media at Purdue University. And we've been talking about the fascinating research that they have uncovered with moms and and really what's driving moms uh, when it comes to how she purchases the age of the eldest child being really the biggest prompt. But there's actually a variety of different uh, purchase gates, if you will, um, that we've been exploring today. Um, lots of great information. Michael, I'm just curious, if we had to sum it all up, though, what would be some of the key implications for marketers that your research uncovered? Yeah, I think the first and most important one is to segment and look beyond the stereotype of all moms as being the same, and then in particular that all moms are really moms of very young children, the infants and toddlers. And so kind of segmenting for success, understanding the age of the oldest child and the hot-button areas that you were alluding to, such as food or technology. And then boldly actually allocating more resources to those areas that have been identified and to mom marketing. One thing that uh, Terry has done at Purdue University is to allocate more resources to mom and parent marketing rather than simply focusing on the young adult child. So having the courage to do that. We've talked about already that these millennial young adults have a good relationship and a very close relationship with their parents. And so we think that technology is a reason for that, such as the texting, Skype, Facebook, and other means. It's become just so easy for a young adult and his or her parent to touch base on a wide variety of questions. We've heard of college students checking in on food choices while in the cafeteria when they're interviewing for jobs, taking photos of themselves in outfits and clothing to ensure it's appropriate for the job interview, and then mom looking into uh, educational options for her child, be it a college or trade show. So this kind of inner relationship and the thought about mom, as you and I have discussed, beyond the youngest age group, we think is really important. Well, and you are so... uh so thoughtful, I think, because your book even includes a resource guide. Tell us a little bit about that, Terry. Yes, the resource guide is really intended to be a practical tool. Um, once somebody has assimilated some of the insights in the book, it becomes really a reference tool that marketers or practitioners or brand managers um, can use in thinking about how to position a particular category for mom with the age of that child. So the theme resource guide is oriented visually um, with a Y and X axis, and the Y axis includes uh, the various age range of children that Michael mentioned earlier, and then the X axis includes the categories that we cover in the book, food, exercise, and sports, education, safety and health, technology, and fashion and beauty. Um, So the guide's really organized by the themes that are covered, um, and it's designed to allow a marketer to really quickly identify the age range for which the theme is identified as a priority. So just as a quick example, um, if you look at the hot button theme in the food column, 
and move your finger across and look at the infant toddler mom row, you would see that this theme is shaded more darkly, which means that it has a high importance for mom with a child in that particular age range. And then there's text that includes a brief description of mom's overall focus. So in the example that I just cited, her priority is placed on the child's good overall nutrition and developing a broad taste palate, kind of a follow-up to what we talked about with the Sara Lee soft and smooth example. But if you go further down that food column and you move away from the infant toddler and you look at elementary school moms, you see that the food theme now takes on a medium shading, which means a, a lower priority or a moderate priority. And now the mom's focus areas are really on healthy foods, especially fruits and vegetables, as well as fuel for sports, because now mom is understanding that the child may be involved in um, organized sports and really understanding that in order to optimize the athletic talent or the sports performance, the child needs to be eating foods that enable him or her to do that. Um, and then if we go further down that food column and we look at moms of young adults, we find that really that theme is taking on a relatively lower priority compared to the other two age ranges I've just mentioned, and thus the shading is lighter. Um, and we find there that while moms of young adults do influence their children's choices, their influence is more on kind of an on-call basis. In other words, mom is not interacting really daily or pushing particular types of foods, focusing on that food to the child like she may be in, in the other age ranges. So the theme resource guides really work as a starting point in helping evaluate the intersection of the brand and the brand category and then whatever those targeted mom segments are. And interestingly enough, we have built theme resource guides both in terms of mom's concern for her child as well as mom's concern for herself because we see that as the child ages, mom's focus for herself in each one of these areas changes as well. For example, as we think about the food category, of course, one of the things that mom is interested in after she delivers the child is, of course, losing the weight, and then that gradually uh, changes over time as well. Yeah, the resource guide is uh, sounds like a very simple and easy uh, to use guide. And another reason that you you want to consider purchasing Tuning Into Mom. By the way, uh, for those of you who are interested in the book, you can find it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Walmart. You can also uh, learn more about it at tuningintomom.com, Terry and Michael's site. And before we go, though, I do want to ask you about the State of the American Mom Survey. It's something that you put out there every year. Michael, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, just before diving into that, I need to recognize that this is done by the not-for-profit Marketing to Moms Coalition each year <laughs> and uh, all the research and work that goes into that and that uh, Terry and I are creators of that and we also have um, Amy Colton, Bridget Brennan, and Maria Bailey who are highly involved. But getting into what's covered, we already talked about the fact that we have over 5,000 moms and we conduct this research every year. Some of the topics that we look at which are fascinating are mom's most important priorities. What is most important? Uh, how does she juggle her family life and her busy kid, busy mom? Things like extracurriculars, technology, 
how does mom feel about marketing impressions and impact? Are they are the messages reaching her? Are they on target or not? Short answer to that is we've still got a ways to go. <laughs> and what what information sources does she use? Depending on the topic, for instance, in the area of health, she may rely more upon a pediatrician, where she may look to a very different source in the area of food. Media habits is always very engaging, and especially the rise of some of the social media and how mom and her child are both using the social media and what guidelines mom sets for those social media, if any, for her child, (laughs) (laughs) which is a tricky area, and shopping tendencies. Each year the topic does change a bit, so uh, we did spend quite a a bit of time on the economy for several years given, given the situation, and then most recently in 2011, We've spent a bit more time on technology. Well, I'm going to have to have you back next year to talk about what your 2012 survey reveals um, because I think that, uh, especially among listeners listening to this show, we're always interested in what mom is doing, and mom really is kind of a leader among among the, the female set. There's such a large demographic, and so they really do chart the way, and it's, it's fascinating work. And I appreciate both of you coming on today to talk about the research that fueled your book, Tuning Into Moms. And again, those of you listening who are interested, you definitely need to check it out at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart. Terry and Michael, thank you so much for being on. Thank you very much, Maria. And thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.